Welcome to this episode of the Line to Mastery. In this one, my brother Max Durin comes on and shares with us the six pillars for a higher quality life. Max is a human optimization specialist and the co-founder of the company Entreperform. Entreperform's mission is to lead the entrepreneurial man to build bulletproof minds, sovereign spirits, and an optimal body that will meet the demands required to scale their businesses and lives. In this episode, Max drops in and begins the podcast with a little bit of breath work and a visualization practice to create elevated states of emotion in the body. Then he shares pieces of his life story, how Entreperform came into existence, and then he shares a much deeper dive on his six pillars for a higher quality life. Max is all about keeping things simple by meshing ancient wisdom with modern science. This podcast is super valuable, has a lot of gold in it, and I would highly recommend that you have a notebook for this one and you take some really solid notes, maybe listen to it a few times because there is so much tactile wisdom and value in max's message especially when it comes to just being able to take care of the human system like max has got that dialed in he shares it deeply on this podcast also in this episode i ended up putting the microphone in not the greatest of spots to pick up really good sound quality Uh, at the time i didn't realize but it was on this table just to the side of us and any time that there was movement the microphone picked it up from the table and you can hear some of that within the audio it's definitely noticeable for some segments yet it's totally manageable and it doesn't take away from the quality of information the mac shares in this episode one final thing before i get into the podcast is I'm going to take a break from releasing episodes for the next two weeks. Just going to give myself some time to focus on a few other projects and my business, Athletic Performance Accelerator, where it's a 90-day mindset transformation program for athletes. It's my baby right now and my big offer and creation for the world for the next few years besides the podcast is going to be this business and i launched july 12th if you want to hear some more information shoot me a dm on instagram if this rings out to you and i will share the pdf that i put together about the program i just have a few things to take care of before launching so because of that i'm just going to take a little break from the podcast give myself a few weeks and just keep pumping out quality podcasts for you all. It's a pleasure. I love you. Enjoy this ad-free, uninterrupted podcast with Max Durin. So yeah, let's just begin by, you know, getting completely upright, allowing our spine to become erect, relaxing our shoulders, our jawline, just really let everything sink down into this present moment. So we're going to begin with a little short breath work, 10 to 15 reps of this, where we begin only with the nasal 
breathing, only nose breathing. And we breathe into the belly first. The second rep is into the heart. And then exhale. So it'll go. One, two, three. One, two, three. Belly, heart, out. Belly, heart, out. Let's go ahead and give this a try. Now we'll just allow our breath to calm, continue to do whatever it wants through the nose, keeping a relaxed pelvic floor. And then simply we're going to shift our awareness to the center of our chest. I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to analyze it. Just simply rest your awareness in the center of your chest, becoming aware of the sensations, the movement, the feeling, the vibrations. You may notice your heartbeat. You may notice that it's beating fast. You may notice that it's beating slow. You may notice that with each gentle in-breath, the heart rate begins to speed up slightly. And with each exhale, it slows down. As we become more and more aware of the feeling and the sensation in the center of our chest, we allow that awareness to expand outwards and continue to resonate and radiate throughout the body and beyond. Now with each breath that passes through this heart center, through this center of our chest, we allow the in-breath to charge up this awareness and allow it to expand and radiate further to every cell in the body as if we're charging ourselves and our aura up, all originating from the center of our chest. We allow the breath to become deeper and slower, more subtle. And as this radiating awareness originating from the center of your chest begins to expand and take over 
and broadcast to every cell in your body. It simply dissolves any negativity, any tension, any hate, any disease that comes in its way. Now that this radiating awareness is flooding our body, it's flooding our awareness, let us simply allow this awareness, this radiating sensation to bleed out elevated emotions, emotions of unconditional love, joy, peace, kindness, appreciation, thankfulness, gratitude, boundlessness. Allow these elevated emotions to radiate from the center of your chest, being broadcast to every cell in your body. With each breath in, this signal, this broadcasting continues to get more pure, more clear, and more resonant as it takes over your whole energy field. Now that our body is flooding with elevated emotions of unconditional love, joy, kindness, confidence, purity, boundlessness, let us marry these emotions to an intention. Maybe this intention is that your body is healed completely or that you move closer to the future self that you are embodying, or any other intention that you may have for yourself or for others. Let us tie these elevated emotions, unite them with this intention as we continue to radiate from the center of our chests. This radiation, this broadcast, eclipses the boundaries of our skin, the boundaries of our body, and eclipses this and envelops the room that you are in encapsulates the building that you are in and continues to spread with each in-breath onward and outward.
as this broadcast strengthens and this signal is being sent outward from the center of your chest. It dissolves any negativity, anything that opposes this intention or these elevated emotions. Dissolves it all and simply turns it into pure light and awareness. Allow this signal to be broadcast to the whole world, to the whole universe. And when you are ready, bring your awareness back to the body. Allow your pelvic floor to relax. Reassure that your jaw is nice and supple, that your shoulders are sunken down, not being tight or brittle. Feel the temperature on your skin the background noises. Maybe you'll notice some light passing through your eyelids. Maybe you'll notice a smell. Notice the feeling beneath your seats, beneath your feet. Come back to this room that you were in. And know that you are not the same as when you began this. This is a new version of yourself. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you for that. Thanks for being here. Yeah. You're welcome. And thanks for being open to dropping into this podcast and this conversation. Yeah, man. It's it's been my pleasure, man. I've been really looking forward to this for the last few weeks, to be honest. It's always uh, nice hanging out with you, let alone now being able to be on your platform uh, potentially, you know, reach a new audience. And I know that your mission is to help others and we have similar missions in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And it's cool to come together and see how that's manifested in both our lives. You know, um, since we started to connect, you've gotten more involved with the Slack line and seeing how that tool is able to elevate the way you express as a human and your own balance and nervous system and you've helped me out a lot with my own nutrition and more access to ice baths which we just sat in one before even dropping into the podcast yeah we did um you've really emphasized going on way more walks and getting a lot more sunshine and yeah man just since we started connecting like my life has gotten better so it's an honor to have you on this podcast and i'm sure you can say the same thing yeah man that means a lot the slack line is 
you know, it's been really a new practice that has, since introducing it to my to my life um, via you, of course, it's it's been one of my favorite things to do. It's like a you know a meditation in its own right, and it is just embodies so many things that were already my mission. Um, you know, balance, uh, breath control, strength. Uh, exposing yourself to the elements it's uh i think it's it's something that is gonna be in my life for the foreseeable future that's for sure probably the rest of your life yeah yeah in some form man and then just wait till you start highlining like <laughs> I gotta be able to turn around on the line first, uh, baby steps. Yeah, really. and, and to be able to mount the line without touching the ground. Yeah, um, we'll get there. You know, like you said, baby steps. We both have a lot going on, anyways. It is the thing though that, like, every time I go, even if it's you know marginal, I do notice a slight improvement each time. Whether it's you know my ability to stand on one leg longer. Um, you know, being able to stand sideways or being able to sit on the line. Like, I just feel a little more comfortable each time, which is cool because it's, you know, it's allowing me to see that it's working, that the practice is paying off and that I should continue forward with it. Uh, I remember the first time I went, it was one of the most frustrating things ever. And I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) And then I could just tell that was my ego, (laughs) Um, you know, being uncomfortable. And, you know, within the third, third or fourth time, able to start walking the line and you really start to pick up some confidence with it. And now it's just uh, part of my life now. Beautiful. So... For those, because most of my audience doesn't know who you are, what what's your background and, and your story? Yeah, yeah. So, so my name is Max Duran, and um, originally from Salt Lake City, Utah. Spent the last eight years or so in Southern California, and now I'm in Austin, Texas. I moved here seven or eight months ago, and. Um, yeah, I was just a kid from Salt Lake City. I moved out to SoCal by myself, just seeking to improve my life. I was kind of, you know, I love Salt Lake and I love all my friends and family there. But I noticed I was just in these uh, continuous loops where I wasn't doing anything to improve my life and get, I wasn't taking the necessary steps to become the man that I wanted to become. So I knew I had to break that loop and go into some more uncomfortable situations. So I set a date on the calendar. It was July 17th, 2013. And I was like, I'm moving on that day to California. And that day finally came up. Everything in my body was telling me not to go. (laughs) Like in my mind, it was like, nah, this is uncomfortable, this and that. My friends were trying to get me to stay. But I I wanted to stick with it. I wanted to stick with what I said I was going to do. So I packed up my car, drove down there, stayed with uh, my uncle and some friends for like a week or two, was able to find a spot in Newport Beach, a little studio, roach infested studio, 
<laughs> with paper thin walls, but it was great location, just <laughs> run down building. Um, I've got that studio and had no idea what I wanted to do. I found some job at a restaurant and I enrolled in a junior college and started taking generals classes that didn't interest me at all for the first semester, but I stuck with it, started meeting some friends, started to allow myself to be a little more social. I'm not naturally extremely social, um, but yeah, I started taking these classes and there was a science class that I took, a microbiology class, and I ended up falling in love with it. It really interests me and it really kind of got me going on this path of understanding what the human body is capable of and what we are capable of. And even though we have all these self-imposed limits, um, you know, limits from conditioning, society, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, this one science class kind of really led me down the path I am now because it at least got me going um, to understand the human body. And then I ended up really diving into uh, human biology and physiology at Orange Coast College in Southern California. Transferred a couple years later to Chapman University. And that's where I got my degree in human biology. Um, and I was initially on this pre-med path where I was going to be a doctor. And then two years before I graduated, I knew that I did not want to be in the Western medical, um, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it. I didn't want to prescribe drugs to people that, you know, all they needed to do was some lifestyle changes and to believe in themselves a little bit more and, and have some encouragement. So, but I still learned a ton from school. So like it, it, it was weird because I knew I wasn't going to go the route that like I was in, like that the school wanted me to go, but I was still gaining a lot of this knowledge and using it to really fuel my own like studies, if you will, using what I learned in school as foundational principles so I can go in um, on, you know, research databases. And I started really diving into the field of biohacking and just really, uh, improving myself, starting to deal with past traumas, you know, training at, at new levels, really dove into sleep optimization, um, you know, quit drinking for the most part. There's just all these things that led to the next. And now here I am. <laughs> at what point in your journey did you get involved with Jay and Entreperform? Yeah, so Jay... Um, him and I met in 2014. Um, I was doing, so right after I found out that, like when I, I took that science class and I found out I wanted to be kind of down this path, um, I did an internship in Ohio with Muscle Farm and Corey Gregory. So he was the co-founder of Muscle Farm. It was a supplement company. And Jay was being mentored by Corey Gregory, the guy I was doing the internship with. Uh, he was he was living in Ohio working for Muscle Farm, and we are about the same age. I'm, I'm like a year older than him. And uh, 
Yeah, so I, I lived in Ohio for three, four weeks and just worked with them. And Jay and I got to know each other a little bit. I spent a, a couple nights with, with him uh, when I was down there. But we didn't, you know, like, we didn't know each other that well. I flew back to Southern California and, you know, carried on with my life. And him and I followed each other on social media. And uh, I really had a lot of respect for him and what he was doing. And I saw his his journey on social media, his, his growth over the past or over the next several years. And he was someone I always uh, kind of looked looked up to in a, in a sense and it was always interesting to follow his journey. So, you know, we, we'd stay in contact a little bit, like, you know, messaging back here and there. He came to Southern California once for some event. And him and I met up, got some dinner together. <laughs> and, uh, and then a few years later, so this was 2019, I was kind of at this place in my life where... A lot of things were happening. Um, I had a like falling out with a family member, um, a girlfriend that I thought I was going to marry. I was with for like two years, just like broke up with me out of nowhere. I was in a job that I didn't like um, and I had just quit or I just put in my three weeks notice. So anyway, there was all these things happening. I had just moved to a new place, a new apartment um, by myself. And all these things were happening. And I was curious about Costa Rica and plant medicine. And it was something like I had been looking at for the past many months. But like everyone thought I was crazy. No one really wanted to. None of my friends at that time were willing to like embark on that kind of journey with me. So I kind of just put a pin in it and was like still looking into it here and there. But then I noticed Jay went to Costa Rica in December of 2019. Or no, December. Yeah, December of 2019. And uh, I was super interested. So I started following his journey a little closer and I uh, was asking him about it a little. And then he got back and was posting about how he had such a life-changing experience. And he witnessed so many other transformations. And that he was going to go back in February of 2020. And that this was that point in my life where I was at this crossroads. And I had no idea. I just quit this job. I gave in my... I gave him three weeks notice and basically I had no, and my girlfriend just broke up with me at the time. So I was just kind of lost and wasn't sure whether I wanted to go back to school or not. Um, I just graduated as well, just graduated with my degree. So it's like all these things were happening. Didn't have a ton of money, but I had a little bit and Jay posted he was like looking for one more person to fill up a room in this next Costa Rica retreat, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, fuck it. And I signed up for it. I asked him how much it would cost. And, you know, he said a couple grand and ended up being like double that, but <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, we, I just, I trusted, like, it didn't make sense. <laughs> on a, from a logical perspective, but it felt super right. 
And I was like, I'm just going to go to Costa Rica and see what happens. And I went and that's basically, you know, Jay and I got to connect on a deeper level. We got to get to know each other, you know, in a different light. Um, and, you know, he knew I had some knowledge and I knew he had some knowledge, but I don't think he understood like the extent that I had been studying and, you know, what I had learned over the past six years. And, uh, he, yeah, he was looking to expand his coaching service to kind of reach a broader, uh, a more niched audience, a higher income audience, you know, rather than just like gym rats that wanted just, you know, training, they, but people that wanted to optimize their life, entrepreneurs in specific, because he had a big network with, of entrepreneurs. So, so yeah, um, we realized that we complemented each other's skill sets super well. And we were actually up in a cave in the Diamante Waterfall, which is the highest waterfall in Costa Rica on Huachuma, uh, which is a, a cactus medicine. It's a very beautiful heart opening medicine. And I just, uh, we, we had this conversation where we were just talking about, um, you know, food quality and whatnot. And it, it got super deep and we ended, that's basically where Entreperform was born. And then we got back and that's when the COVID disaster, <laughs> like the media, at least that's when the media started making it out to be a disaster, uh, started and we didn't let that stop us at all. And it's been full steam ahead for these last, what, 16, 18 months or whatever it's been since last February. So it's, uh, yeah. 16 yeah, four, months. 16 like months, yeah. yeah. So that was a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, Those it does. Questions? It does, man. So what exactly is Entreperform? So Entreperform is, man, it's, it's so much more than like, a fitness and health brand it's it's really a lifestyle so you know we look to optimize elite entrepreneurs mind body and spirit you know in the most simple sense but we make you know improving your body composition lowering your stress um, and improving the quality of your life be living a more fulfilling purposeful life uh, we, we make that much more attainable to a lot of these men and entrepreneurs that are caught in this loop of, you know, just working themselves to the, you know, to, to the bone and not sleeping, living with extremely high stress levels, like their relationships falling out. Um, so we, we look to just, you know, help people understand their human body better and how to work with it rather than work against it. Yeah. It seems like this is so much more than a program. It's, it's a movement for entrepreneurial men to understand themselves and become the best versions of themselves. And a lot of these entrepreneurial men are in positions where they're working with others. So they're becoming better leaders, right? through this process as well because they're learning how to lead themselves better absolutely yeah it's it's continued to evolve um you know each day we we get more and more clear on exactly like what our mission is and what we're trying to do and 
it's been such a beautiful experience for for myself and super grateful for for everything yeah grateful for it as well man because it's opening up a lot of pathways for my life as well and i just get to jump in and be involved with you guys yeah you know the it's just like we're told so many things uh from the media from society and it's just like becomes dogma where people don't question it anymore and it's just like this is good for you this is bad for you blah 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 and it's like we have this duality and people just accept it all and we're here to help challenge the norm and you know i'm not saying that everything that is dogmatic is blatantly false but i think it's important that we ask these questions you know is this really quote-unquote bad for me or is this really good for me and you know just this modern lifestyle that we're we're in is brand new to human beings but human beings have been here for millions of years um or the at least analogs of humans but this world is ever changing on the (laughs) due to the technological revolution but we still have machinery that is you know the same as it was for our hunter-gatherer ancestors so just challenging you know all these men that come through that are caught up in this lifestyle which is is fine to just ask more questions and you know, wonder if the, what they're doing is really what's best for them and their their soul, their heart, etc. And I think Entreperform does a really beautiful job of cultivating those questions and having these men check in with information that they may not have. But, you know, once they have information, the light bulb goes off. Because with this technology, like we're running this experiment on ourselves right now in real time. Like we're the guinea pigs for social media. We're the guinea pigs for having cellular devices and laptops and like plugging away and having these um, constant blue lights around us all Mm. the time, you know. And it's pretty easy to just go with what everyone else is doing until the question is posed like, Oh, is this actually serving me? And then once you have that question, it starts to snowball and you get more momentum and more questions around like, is this actually good for me? Is this actually good for me? Um, and so I think this is a beautiful segue into you decided to drop into like six things that would be of value and just perfect for the optimized human being. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, real quick, I just want to say though that like technology, I'm not anti tech. I'm not like anti modern world. And I think it's beautiful to that we have access to such a, a high standard of, of living, high quality of life in terms of our external world and like the comfort that we have access to and the, the ease and usability. Uh, you know, connectiveness, like we, we can literally talk to anyone across the whole world, but it's just like how we use all this technology. And basically my, one of my purposes is, you know, goals is to not lose touch with our true reality. So that like kind of leads me into these six things, you know, and there's so many more than six, but these are the kind, the, the six that I boiled down and some of them are, a little more than 
one thing so a little more than six total but it's six bullets i want to talk about but yeah these six things that lead you to be uh an optimized human or at least from my perspective what i think uh you know if we do these things on a day in day out basis um you know i i guarantee you that you're going to end up living a higher quality of life in in some aspect or another so just want me to dive right in yeah real quick i also want to uh, clarify that I don't feel like the modern world and all this technology is inherently bad right. by any means. I just feel that a lot of us are getting sucked into it without having any check-ins with our relationships because it's so easy to get sucked in because billions of dollars have been pumped in, potentially even trillions of dollars at this point, have been pumped into making these as captivating for our attention and addictive as possible so it requires us to hone in ourselves to step into deeper states of self-mastery in a heavily distracted distraction-filled world facts yeah well said well said yeah so i mean that just kind of lead the first one is is perfect to lead us into, you know, this technology modern world. And it's simply to, you know, we need to expose ourselves to the elements. Um, and what I mean by that is like we can optimize our mitochondria, which are the little energy producing organisms living within each cell um, by getting sunlight, proper sunlight. Like we do not spend enough time outside anymore. Like we've been led to believe that the sun is terrible for us. Like, I just ask, I challenge everyone to take a step back and think about that statement. The sun is bad for us because literally it's the source of all energy. Life would not exist without it. Our ancestors and all of the other species literally rely on it for health. And like, we've evolved alongside it forever, which is you know, 4 billion years of all evolution, but human evolution about 3 million years. So for us to just think that the sun is blatantly black and white bad for us is really irresponsible, (laughs) if, if you ask me. But yeah, exposing ourselves to the elements, like being outside more, we need to be getting more sunshine, you know, more grounding as well, letting our skin, our bare skin, whether it's our feet, our hands, our neck, whatever getting contact with the bare earth and you know like whether or natural body of water is the best you know one of the the best ways to do that you go in the ocean it's full of minerals and all these positive and negative charges and the earth itself is negatively charged and what the hell does that mean to us so we are electrical beings and we are able to absorb those electrons that from that negatively charged earth's surface we're able to absorb those electrons through our skin and those are essentially the most cheap um, antioxidant that you could ever expose yourself to they neutralize you know we get we start to build up this positive charge over time with food we like inflammation for instance is we hear about inflammation all the time like this ominous inflammation but most people don't really know exactly what that is but don't want to get too deep down a rabbit hole 
but um, positive charges, positive voltage is necessary for inflammation to occur. And when we are, you know, continuously being grounded, then we're able to discharge, we're able to uh, absorb those negative electrons effectively, neutralizing the positive charge we build up, which is very beneficial for our blood flow, um, for, you know, there's a, there's a lot of benefits to grounding. I don't want to segue too much into all the nitty gritty, but grounding is something like we have evolved alongside. And I believe it's one of the reasons um, that, you know, the chronic disease epidemic that we're in, that most people are suffering from is obviously there's due to many things, uh, food choices, you know, sleep quality, but, but grounding is one of them as well. So in like the sixties, rubber soles were developed and, you know, we used to wear leather shoes, which is still able to get electrical current through it. So I just, uh, encourage people to, you know, go barefoot a little more or get some, some grounded soles or get more, you know, get in the ocean, get in that body of water. Um, you know, it's okay to get a little hot sometimes. It's okay to get a little cold, like take a cold plunge in, in a natural body of water, go hiking, do, do barefoot hiking, you know, take your shirt off, get some sunshine on your skin. Um, even early morning sunshine and late evening sunshine. This is, these are other, it's almost like a, another nutrient compared to the sunshine we get in, in midday when we're, you know, getting vitamin D from these ultraviolet rays. So in the early morning and the evening, we get infrared rays, a uh, higher proportion of infrared. This is super important for our sleep, um, for our, our mitochondria as well. So when I say expose yourself to the elements, this can be boiled down to sunlight, grounding, getting quality water, like mm -hmm. not just tap water. Like, unfortunately, tap water has a lot of bullshit in it. <laughs> it's got a lot of, it, there's added fluoride. There's all these other contaminants that just because we don't have a set regulation for them, that they literally don't have, like, it doesn't matter. You know, there, there's no set regulation, so there can be any amount. If you go on like the ewg.com, you can type in your zip code and you can see all the impurities that are in your tap water. And, you know, most of them are unregulated. There's been, there's evidence to show that there's like birth control, opiates in, in there. Um, anyway, and like just fluoride, fluoride and chlorine, all these, these other ions that are in there that aren't going to be beneficial. Um, and we have to also understand that like pure water, like if we just get pure bottled water, doesn't exist in nature. Like there's no such thing as pure H2O. Water in any natural system is going to always have minerals and other solutes dissolved in it. So, you know, if we don't have access to like a natural spring that is non-contaminated, which, you know, most of us don't, although you can go to findaspring.com, I think is the website, type in your zip code and you can find access to clean springs uh, that you just bring your own, you know, mason jars or whatever, and you can fill those up. So that's also cool. But if we don't have access to that and, you know, the best we can do is just getting reverse osmosis, you know, pure water, 
then we have to re-add some minerals. So we got to get good quality minerals. And, you know, there's a few different ways to do that. We can get some minerals from like fruits and, and certain other uh, compounds like bone broth and stuff like that. But, you know, getting them from a good quality sea salt is going to be great. Um, definitely don't want to use, you know, re-add with, with like the Morton sea the, the Morton salt, the lady with the umbrella, probably stay away from all that. It's just super washed and, and pured. Um, yeah, that's so the iodized salt, right? Iodized salt, yeah. It's probably stay away from that, but like, you know, re-adding a Celtic sea salt, a good quality pink Himalayan sea salt is a good way to get some of those extra trace minerals. And, you know, our body is a battery, um, and we need to be constantly exposing it to the elements, you know, grounding, uh, the frequencies from the sun, uh, quality water, you know, either a pure water source and then added minerals or a natural spring. Um, you know, you can either, even if you get like a good, good water, you can put it in a glass jar, leave it out in the sun. It's going to get charged up a little. It's called structuring your water. Water is fascinating. Don't want to spend too much time that's that could be a whole podcast in itself uh, but water is we're beginning to learn that it's simply not just it's not all equal um so yeah expose yourself to the elements because this will optimize the battery that we are the mitochondria so grounding water sunlight minerals that's the first one getting back to the elements back to the roots yeah yeah. And so just to go back to grounding and like having your bare feet on the ground, like that's one of the best ways I've noticed deepening my connection with the earth and feeling just far more connected with yeah the planet and those around me. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to like think that we're separate from the planet. Like that, it's like, oh, there's us and then there's everything else that nature is. But, you know, we, we're just as much part of nature as anything. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're meant to have that connection. And, you know, the earth, like I mentioned, it reson- you know, has a negative charge, which it actually has a name. It's called the Schumann resonance, this certain frequency of about 7.8 hertz that it basically vibrates with. We can just imagine the earth vibrating at this very specific uh, range of frequencies. And when we are, are making contact with that, then our cells are all also vibrating with specific frequencies, whether it's going to be a frequency because of you sleeping right next to a Wi-Fi router and having Bluetooth headphones in every day, or whether it's you, you know, getting sunshine, grounding, you know, doing all these things that I mentioned. And the minerals are also an important part for us to absorb uh, a lot of that energy from the earth and the sun so yeah i mean you're literally when you feel that connection to the earth more it's because you're literally starting to resonate with it you're literally starting to vibrate at that frequency so it's not in your head Mm -mm. wow that's cool had no idea but it makes so much sense yeah man it's cool stuff (laughs) all right so Getting back to the elements. Yep. On to the next one. On to the next one. Cool. So this one, uh, you know, we could, there's so many ways we could dive into it, but it's intentional breathing. 
So a lot of us just really neglect the breath. It's something we just like take for granted and we're like, yeah, like I'm breathing, I'm still alive. Like what else could I do to it? Um, you know, but the breath is, you know, it's the bridge between the conscious and the subconscious mind, the autonomic nervous system and the somatic nervous system. It's this, this bridge. Um, and you know, in many ancient, cultures and traditions you know it's a very powerful and sacred tool and you know there's so many different ways to practice utilizing the breath but the first thing is to become aware of it to become aware that you know it's something that happens to us but it's also something that we can do you know it's something that will uh when we release consciousness when we release conscious effort, it will continue to do its thing. But when we can take over at any given moment. So the breath is like, you know, like I said, it's the bridge between the subconscious and the conscious. And then that's like in a more scientific term, we could call those the, the autonomic nervous system and the somatic nervous system. That just means like the, the stuff we have conscious control of, like, you know, moving my arm up and down, etc., walking. So when we, you know, is the, that the somatic nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the autonomic is going to be like everything that happens. So like your heart rate, you know, like you don't have to, you don't digest the food, you know, you don't digest the food. It's being digested. Just digestion happens. It's not like you're like, all right, shit, let me, let me eat this guys. Just stay quiet so I can focus on digesting this food no like it's just that happens because your nervous system you know all these other things like you don't have to when you go work out you're not like grow like it's just like that's what's that's the result but that nervous system autonomic can be broken down into the parasympathetic and the sympathetic so the sympathetic is like our fight and flight it's meant to keep us alive like it's meant to, when there's a danger present, it's meant to turn on and, you know, we turn off all these secondary project, uh, these long-term projects like digestion, uh, reproduction, growth, building, all these go off and energy gets sent to the muscles essentially. So we can, you know, run away from a lion or whatever. And then the parasympathetic nervous system is our rest or digest, recover. And this is where this is where growth happens. We're building when you know we have our foreseeable uh we're, we're not in any immediate danger. And this is a, a great mechanism that helped us evolve and we wouldn't be here without this parasympathetic and sympathetic division. Uh the problem is is that like in this modern society that we live in you know whether it's phones you know just this this work grind hustle or you know just like being so caught up in the reality of of like your your job and your work and all these things that you just deem important that may or may not be we end up psychologically turning on this sympathetic nervous system division so we're kind of always in this overactive state, this hyperstimulated state that is, you know, allowing our, our immune system to turn down, to be downregulated. It's, you know, our digestion has gone 
that as a society, like, you know, gut problems are on the rise, immune problems are on the rise, you know, all these things um, from being too stressed. So it's this stress response. And the breath is one of the best ways for us to, you know, get out of our heads, to move away from that psychological stress that we place on ourselves because we're not in any real danger. Like 99.9% of the time, like when we activate this stress response in 2021, it's in our own head. It's because of thoughts. It's not because like a lion's coming to rip our head off. It's not because, you know, we are experiencing a famine, right? It's like, it's these self-imposed um, stressors. And so the breath is one of the most potent ways to consciously calm ourselves down, get us back into that parasympathetic state so that we can, you know, improve our sleep, improve our nutrient utilization, stay more present, make more effective decisions, um, you know, be there for your loved ones, not you know, when we're stressed, certain parts of our brain, you know, turn on and certain parts turn off. And we, we aren't able to make the types of decisions we need as effectively. Um, so it's, it's super important to just have intentional breathing and knowing that, like, that the thoughts can create, you know, changes in our respiratory rate and what our body's doing, but us consciously changing those same things like by slow slowing the breath down breathing with our diaphragm as opposed to our upper chest these kind of have uh, this bi-directional thing so does that make sense yeah okay yeah there's a lot there there was a lot does, there. it does make sense and also like coming to breathe through the nostrils right as yep. opposed to just breathing through the mouth all the time yeah, absolutely. So, you know, breathing through the mouth, if it's going to generally create, allow you to breathe with the upper chest and the shoulders, the shoulders are going to rise. Uh, you're going to be taking shallower breaths. The nose is going to promote more of a diaphragmatic breath. Although you can still breathe with your chest, with your nose, it's just, it's going to promote that. Um, so that's one of the benefits of nasal breathing. But nasal breathing also produces nitric oxide, which helps to open our airways. It slows the intake of air down so that we can retain carbon dioxide, which is that's a whole nother topic because it's normally viewed as this waste product, but it's actually, you know, a very important gas that is that controls our urge to breathe. And when we're mouth breathing, we're constantly blowing off the CO2 and making our effectively creating our respiratory rate to be much, much higher and much, much more stressed than it should be. So when we breathe through the nose, um, over time, we're going to be have a higher tolerance for carbon dioxide, which will allow us to breathe more efficiently, slower and less if fewer breaths per minute. So that right there, like, you know, more efficient, anytime you're going to be more efficient with something, then it's going to be better for the long term for longevity. Um, and if, if it's something that's efficient, then 
that means there's not a lot of resist, like, uh, you know, not a lot of resistance in the sense of like when we're stressed out, there's always resist, like everything feels like resistance as where when we're calm and, you know, it's even when quote unquote bad things or, you know, bad news is given to us when we're in a calm and controlled state, when we're, you know, feeling healthy and, and mentally stable, it's much easier to handle those things and look at things from an objective perspective and not get super emotional as where, you know, when we're the untrained mind, untrained breath, you know, if you're always breathing sporadically, chances are like you're not going to handle bad news, you know, subjectively bad news, whatever you want to call it. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. You'll be coming from a space of being far more reactive as opposed to proactive. Absolutely. So we have getting back to the elements, conscious breath. Yeah. Conscious breath. So just to, you know, like I was saying with the breath, it can, there's so many ways we can dive into it, but one of the the easiest things, um, or just simple tips I can give you obviously is nasal breathe. Breathe with the diaphragm, you know, allow your, your shoulders to stay the level. Basically, they should not go up and down when you take a deep, quote unquote, deep breath. Your belly should expand. Your chest, shoulders should stay stable. So those two. And then one of the best breathing exercises just to get you going if you don't have a lot of experience with this or, you know, if you just want to begin to change your, your breathing patterns for these, this more efficient approach that'll allow your psychological mind to calm down is box breathing. So simply, we only breathe through the nose and then you breathe in for a count of four and then you hold for a count of four and then you exhale for a count of four and then you hold for a count of four. So we're just creating a little box of four by four by four by four, which is... It's actually, it's used by Navy SEALs to help lower their cortisol response, their stress level um, when they're training for underwater training uh, in full gear. So if it's good enough for a Navy SEAL to calm their nervous system and stress levels down, then it's probably good enough for you and I. Yeah. Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. So it's effective. Simple, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you start with, you know meditation breath work these are all endurance activities you know you don't just start with hours of them and it takes time so you know just allocating five minutes a day at, at first you get comfortable with that expanding that to 10 minutes and then just start to become aware of your breath in everyday situations like when you i always return to it whenever something like triggers me or whatever i'm always like what just happened to my breath like i noticed that like my heart rate will get a little higher and you start to notice these things so the more we can always just come back you know the more we have control over over the situation so conscious breathing baby yeah and if you're not doing it right away like just getting into the practice of it yeah is going to be massive because then you'll start to see how it is increasing your quality of life. And then from there, you'll be even more inspired to continue doing it because you're like, okay, all right. If this is what five minutes is like, what's 10 minutes like, what's 20 minutes like. And then it just starts to compound like a snowball. So you just got to start somewhere. Got to start like five. Everyone should be doing at least five minutes a day, if not an hour, (laughs) but then it's like you turn your whole life into a little bit of a breath practice, right? It's like, 
because then you become more and more aware of it throughout the whole day. And then you're, you're always, it's, your life is a, bre- a practice of conscious breathing. So that's number two. On for three. Let's do it. All right. This one is great and simple. High amounts of low level physical activity. So, you know, most people overestimate how much calories and activity output that they're producing during their main workout. And they underestimate how much calories and, and, you know, activity output that you can produce from your day-to-day activities, from just doing stuff at a low level. So, you know, going back to it's always good to look at evolutionary examples in like anything we're doing it's like how did our ancestors live i'm not saying that we want to do everything exactly like them but it's a good way to get ideas as to you know how the human machine uh you know the machinery that we have like what it evolved to work with you know so you know we would always be, you know, moving, whether we were hunting or gathering, you know, or whatever. We'd be moving with purpose, you know, moving to get to higher ground, moving to get to wherever, to, to the next hunt, to find clean water, to, you know, find building materials, whatever. Or And then even if we go past our hunter-gatherers, like uh, after the agricultural revolution, still going to have a lot of manual labor where it's like you need to till the field or tilling's bad actually let's not talk about tilling (laughs) we don't want to promote any tilling (laughs) Uh, but anyway whatever you're you're harvesting crops crops. yeah Yeah, like carrying pails of milk whatever it is like you're going to be doing a lot of physical activity and no none of it is going to involve snatching 350 pounds over your head but it's all going to be functional strength, functional things that are keeping our, our aerobic activity high. So we don't just, we simply don't need to do that anymore. And that's fine. Like, I'm not saying you should go work at a farm if you don't want to. But, I mean, if you want to, go for it. But, like, we have to mimic, you know, our what our genes expect if our genes are expecting something and we're not giving it exactly that, then we have to mimic it. We have to quote unquote biohack it into our life. So being more intentional with your low level physical activity, like walking, you know, you should be getting a minimum of 10,000 steps per day, probably more. And it's like, you know, slacklining is a great, I mean, when you, the stuff you're doing, like Cam's doing over here with the backflips and all these things is a little more than low level physical activity. That's great too. But for me, someone that's like more novice, just like going out, walking along the lines is, is, you know, that's pretty low level, but yeah, getting out, stretching, walking is like my favorite thing to do. And it ties into, you know, number one and number two, We're able to get outside in the elements, you know, I can walk barefoot and I can, you know, practice conscious breathing while I'm out there. So yeah, low level physical activity is huge. It's highly correlated with longevity, um, you know, healthy heart, healthy breathing patterns. And like when, when you're walking, like be aware, close your mouth, you know, breathe with, with, uh, intention through the nose. So 
low level physical activity, even like house chores, you know, just, just like, we're just at a highly sedentary, sedentary people now. Uh, you know, we sit a lot, we have poor posture. So by doing like functional things, whether it's walking and listening to a podcast, doing some slack lining, you know, going on a hike, uh, cleaning your house or doing some chores, you know, building something, whatever these are, these low level physical activities should be a, a, a regular thing in your day-to-day practice uh, if you want to really like have a great body composition, feel well, and you know, look, just feel good, be healthy. Yeah, because all those things compound and, yep. and it all adds up. Um, and it's so simple. Like you said, like the first three things, even just going outside, getting a walk and meditating you can do these things together. It's not yeah. like you have to separate all of this and then overwhelm yourself. It's right. Like this is simple stuff. Yeah. It's super simple. You know, just, yeah, you get out, you, you become aware of the breath, you go for a walk and you have your shirt off or whatever you barefoot, you get in some sunshine and then maybe you walk right into a lake and you get some ground, um, some extra exposure to the elements. But yeah, like stacking all these things is, is huge, you know? it's a, That's like at Entreperform, we're not looking to just add like a million things to these busy men's lives. We're trying to make their lives more simple and more fulfilling by doing less, but just focusing on the right things. Yeah, because really, really, we're just getting back to our roots and, yeah. and showing that health and wellness is so much more than getting a gym membership and doing a bunch of cryotherapy and having to get dream like green smoothies all the time and have a Peloton bike, you right. know, like it, it can be as simple as just going outside and getting a walk and, yep. and being more present with your breath and drinking clean water. Um, like it, it's really basic shit. Basic man. It's just like, it's so simple that it's like people disregard it. But like the simplest things, these foundational things are what give you the biggest ROI. It's like once you have all the foundational stuff in place, then it's like you can start kind of doing more of the fringe things that may or may not, you know, post a huge ROI. But it's like getting these foundational things in check is huge. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned it's like health and wellness is more than, you know, going to the gym, getting a gym membership and this and that. I think it's f- hilarious whenever I've gone to the gym in the past and you see people drive to the gym to walk on the treadmill. It's like you are like go outside and walk like what people are scared of the outdoors, it seems. And it's it, it, it's mind blowing to me because. Since incorporating, like, you know, really being intentional with sun exposure and being outside more, like, I feel just 10 times better and my sleep has improved. Like, every aspect of my life has improved by getting outside more. Yeah. I mean, there's a societal narrative that we are separate from nature. So it makes sense that there's a lot of people that are afraid of being outside. Same thing with like 
sun exposure and having to wear sunscreen all the time, like just to be out in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back to the roots, <laughs> like you mentioned, dude, that's like the most important thing. And, you know, people shy away and they're like, well, how do like our ancestors didn't have phones and this and that. It's like, yeah, but you know, we just, the more we can understand, you know, how our ancestors and our roots, like how we're functioning, the more we can, you know, implement them and weave them into this modern lifestyle. So, you know, we can have the cake and eat it too, so to speak. Mm -hmm. What's the next one? Cool. The next one is feeds right in. <laughs> Make sleep a priority. So like, this is huge at Entreperform, you know, uh, we're serving all these young male entrepreneurs primarily. And it's like almost been made cool to only sleep four hours a night and to just grind and, you know, destroy yourself. <laughs> and I just, I think that's a irresponsible message. But a lot of these people have this engraved in them that that's what they have to do. And, um, you know, you can still be hyper productive and get just as much stuff done in a way shorter period of time if you're optimizing your sleep and your energy levels. Like everything is energy, everything. And if we don't have energy for what we want to get done or, and what we need to get done, then it's like we're, we're constantly out of harmony and out of balance. So, Sleep is like what what takes us back into harmony and we have to like honor it. And it's, you can look at it like, yeah, I have less waking hours to do things, but those hours are much more fulfilling and useful. And, you know, you, you have the energy that, that you deserve. So sleep should be a priority for sure. And, you know, this is something we really focus on. And there's a lot that goes into really improving your sleep because our circadian rhythm, which is our internal body clock, is, is just absolutely broken as a modern society. A lot of that just due to overstimulation of the sympathetic nervous system. A lot of it to do with blue light exposure like you know all the the artificial lighting that we use screens phones tvs you know ipads um car lights uh billboard signs like leds you know nightclubs whatever it is <laughs> yeah like all these things are everywhere you know the even the the clocks on your oven and and whatnot are, are usually going to be like blue blue and green light and these things, um, they're like I mentioned, everything is energy and everything is a frequency. We talked about the frequency of the earth and, you know, we talked about the frequency of, of the sun, at least in, in terms of ultraviolet and infrared. And then we have the visible spectrum of light, which is everything we can see. And each color wavelength has its, its own wavelength um we have blue light on one end of the spectrum and red light on the other end of the spectrum and the blue light specifically inhibits melatonin production so we get a ton of blue light from the sun in the middle of the day like it's normal so it's basically an evolutionary mechanism 
it's like, yeah, it's daytime out. The sun is beating and there's tons of blue light. Let's not produce melatonin because now is not a good time to sleep. There's plenty of light available. You know, resources are, you know, light was a expensive resource. Like we, you know, you had limited daylight. So you want to get the most out of it. You want to be able to hunt. You want to be able to find water, like shelter, firewood, whatever, you know, is going on. So it makes sense. Like, yeah, during the day, there should be a ton of uh, natural blue light exposure. And, you know, we're getting more than just blue light. But anyway, we're not producing melatonin. And then when the sun starts to set and it's getting lower in the sky, it's going to become much less ultraviolet and much more... um, infrared and infrared is also we're going to be having more of that red uh wavelength which is the opposite end of the blue so the blue light's going to start to decline the red light and infrared is going to start to increase um at least proportionally and then we start to slowly produce melatonin it's called dim light melatonin onset So that's why it's very important to watch the sunset if you really want to improve your sleep and just improve your hormones and your your circadian rhythm in general. Uh, Circadian rhythm governs everything we do, all all the processes in our body. So by, you know, being out in the sun, we're getting, you know, no, no melatonin. And then as the sun starts to set and lower, it starts to become less bright we start to slowly produce melatonin, this dim light melatonin onset. And then in the middle of the night, when it's completely dark, melatonin is going to peak and then uh, it will decline. And we slowly, cortisol peaks in the morning and then we feel awake and we're rejuvenated and we start the cycle over. But that's not what happens anymore for us modern humans because we are so exposed to all these light frequencies all day, every day, that we're pushing back our melatonin. It's getting pushed back. We're missing out on these very restorative phases of deep sleep. Um, We're making it so our melatonin is still present in the early morning or in the late morning even. So we're feeling groggy and low. And then our cortisol peaks later in the day when it shouldn't. And then it never really declines fully either because we constantly are watching the blue light. We're constantly over worrying about, you know, emails you got to send and what your boss said. And, and then we're going out and numbing ourselves by getting shit faced and staying out all night under more blue lights. And then like sleep is just something you're not really ever getting restorative sleep anymore. It's just like times where you pass out a little bit and start to run on fumes. So our circadian rhythm is whacked as, as the average person. And, you know, we can really improve our sleep by, you know, doing one, two and three with exposing yourself to the elements Uh, you know, breathing intentionally so we can calm our nervous system down so that we can actually, you know, fall asleep. And then high amounts of low-level physical activity that is going to place sleep pressure on you. That's part of the circadian rhythm is uh, when we move, it's uh, certain proteins are expressed, genes are expressed and made proteins. And then that allows us to sleep 
later. So by doing those three, like that right there is going to help you sleep a lot. Um, watching the sunset and then really just avoiding the screens and stuff at night. I mean, you can get blue light blocking glasses and stuff like that. But I would encourage everyone to try and, you know, make it a practice of doing something less stimulating in the evening. Um, you know, whether it's reading, going for a walk, like talking to loved ones, uh, you know, sharing, journaling, meditating, breath work. Uh, so those are all good. And then, you know, cutting off food consumption. That's huge. Like everyone eats so late now. And that is huge for <laughs> not getting us proper deep sleep. Um, glucose levels are too high. We don't produce growth hormone. We don't get into deep sleep phases. So that's a whole, that's a whole thing in itself. But eating late, if we just think of it this way, it's like if we want to go to sleep and we want to utilize all our energy and the, the, yeah, our energy to repair and re restore and you know, replenish all our resources, our neurotransmitters, you know, repair our muscles, repairing the gut is extremely important in the evening. And if we're not, if we eat a bunch of food, then we can't do those things. A lot of this energy has to go towards digesting the food. And, and then we end up kind of sacrificing a big proportion of our healing uh, aspect of sleep. So think of it like I'm just making these numbers up, but it's like, think of it. If you don't eat, you know, three, four hours before bed, you do all these other things, you're getting a hundred percent of the reparative qualities of sleep as where if you're eating before bed, you know, day in, day out, you're getting only, let's say 60%. And, you know, over a month that, that compounds over a year that compounds over your lifetime that mm. compounds so it's just like do you want to live a long happy healthy fulfilling life then you gotta like kind of design your life to focus on these things and you know not eating late is is huge yeah it's really big um i think two things in regards to sleep is like getting sun exposure as quickly as you can to start the day. Yep. Um, so that you can set your circadian rhythm mm -hmm. early. And it's pretty wild how much energy you can get to start the day by just being out in front of the sun. Yeah. Like almost more than coffee. Yeah. And it's like really sustainable energy. And then putting your phone down as early as possible at night. Definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a vortex, the phone. You know, it sucks you in. And the quicker you can just, like, you know, cut it off at the head and just put it away, put it on airplane mode or whatever. Um, you know, some people, they benefit from putting it in other rooms even. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a huge one. But, yeah, the, your point of, of getting outside early massive you know like when we're inside you know we're not like we might wake up but we're not like there's not a, a definite cue 
to be like, yeah, this is morning and like get the clock started, essentially the circadian rhythm, like getting that thing finely tuned. So yeah, getting outside is, is huge. Um, allow your cortisol levels to peak, allows whatever melatonin is left in the system to diminish. And that's another thing that he Cam mentioned, uh, you know, it's like better than coffee. That's another thing is like we become reliant on like stimulants. And when we wake up, you know, some people go first thing right to their coffee maker. I would encourage everyone to, you know, wait at least an hour to um, have coffee after you wake up. Just because like we want to allow our natural cortisol levels to rise, kind of like naturally allow the energy to to arise and then like we can go ahead and have some coffee but you know if we're just like first thing in the morning you know we're not getting outside we're just chugging some coffee maybe some people even take like pre-workout first thing in the morning like some even more stimulating things then we're we're just screwing up with our hormone hormone balance and our circadian rhythm and it's really going to be tough to get that clock uh functioning in a in a very cyclical predictable rhythm cool so the the fifth one is whole foods you know like processed foods they might be convenient they might uh you know taste a little hyper palatable but there really isn't any um long-term benefit to consuming processed foods other you know the only benefit is really that short-term palatability but you know they destroy our gut they destroy our health yeah sure here and there it's okay but like i would encourage everyone to like 80 to 100 percent of your diet should come from whole foods so that what i mean by whole foods is you know food that was grown from the earth like animals and certain plants like I'm a big proponent of, of good quality animal products and fruit. Uh, so, like, I also wouldn't shy away from meat or saturated fat. I think it's one of those things that's demonized and we kind of look at look at it out of full context. Um, I don't think they're inherently bad. Uh, but, yeah, whole foods, like, if you just quit eating so out. when it comes to meat, though, like quality and and the life of the animal is a really big thing to take into account right yeah like getting some corn fed beef that's been pumped with antibiotics and steroids is not going to be the same in your own system as like grass-fed beef yeah grass raised facts yeah absolutely always always go with the grass-fed grass finished you know pasteurized eggs even better regenerative farming if you can um and this is another just quick point it's like you we a lot of us say like we can't afford this and that but but like you want to support that lifestyle but we're always voting with our dollars we're always supporting something with what we buy so if we're always buying you know, the cheaper stuff or the lower quality stuff, then that's what's going to continue to be on the shelf for you. It's because you're continuing to vote for it with your own money. So it's like we want to initiate change. We got to, you know, start 
assessing our values and be like, what is it I actually want to get? Do I want to feel the most optimal that I can? Do I want to support the planet and actually, you know, be a contributor towards healing the planet rather than, you know, destroying it? So we're always voting with our dollars and we do that with the foods we buy. Um, So definitely would err on on consuming whole foods, you know, 80 to 100%. There's always going to be a time where, you know, like I love having ice cream here and there and it's not a whole food, you know, there's no ice cream tree. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about like recreating that relationship with food and yourself and, you know, by practicing the breathing, by, you know, getting the low, low level physical activity, by getting quality sleep, exposing yourself to the elements, you're going to be more equipped to make these decisions, you know, consciously. So you're not just like a slave to whatever advertisement pops up on your television, you know, like you come from a place where you're, you know, looking, your goal is to nourish yourself and that, can only be done with whole foods, quality foods. Yeah. And I feel to go back to the objection of not having enough money to pay for um, whole foods, you don't know how much wealthier you're going to end up being by becoming a lot healthier. Absolutely. That ROI, it's the opportunity cost. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Money can always be made, but... Like health should be, that's where I want to put all my money in anyway, is towards improving my health. So huge, huge stuff. Ready for the, ready for the next one? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we could obviously dive way deeper into nutrition, food, but like keeping it simple, just, you know, buy, eat whole foods. And learn how to learn how to cook. It's a skill that will serve you, no matter how much money you have. Uh, learning how to cook and prepare your own meals is massive. But the next one, this one is, you know, pretty low hanging resistance exercise, like of some sort. You know, we all, like I mentioned, uh, with the low level physical activity, we were always moving, like you know, carrying stuff, like manual labor. And that's just not the case anymore. And I'm not saying everyone needs to be lifting some heavy, heavy weight, uh, you know, training for some powerlifting show. It's not what I'm saying. Um, but our bones, you know, bone density is very uh, correlative to resistance exercise. So lifting weights is something that I personally like to do. But like calisthenics exercises are great. There's plenty of other, you know, ways to perform higher impact exercises, resistance exercises that will, you know, help you build more muscle mass and help you build stronger bones. And when we have more muscle mass, we have a lot more metabolic flexibility. Uh, we, we can, you know, get away with consuming higher amounts of calories, uh, super important for longevity, super important for our blood sugar, so having it, you know, doesn't mean you need to have massive amounts of muscle. When I'm talking like appreciable muscle masses is, is, you know, you still look like an average person. It all depends on your goals. But we should all be strengthening our, our bodies, um, you know, in one form or another uh, with some sort of resistance 
exercise, whether you're, you know, just doing some push-ups and, and body squats, you know, doing hiking with some, with a heavy pack on even that's resistance two cents rock climbing. Um, but yeah, getting some, some higher impact work on your, your bones, joints and muscles so that you can feel well into your later years. And that's what it's all about, right? Like if we have this one life, how can we maximize it to feel the best throughout the whole process? Right. You know, cause I, I don't really jive with the idea that as we get older, our bodies are just going to break down on us and we're not yeah. going to be able to live I think it's high bullshit. quality. I think it's bullshit too. <laughs> it's a story that I refuse to play out in Sorry. my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, just so much, so much good value here and a lot of takeaways. And this is a podcast that um, I'm not only going to listen back to and take notes as I edit it, but I think most people could like have a notebook with them and just take down some good notes and start to implement a lot of these ideas and pretty much just getting back to the basics of our ancestors yet integrating it into the modern world. Definitely. That's what it's all about. You know, like taking everything we've learned from history and ancestry and whatnot and, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what, what our genes expect and, you know, meshing, meshing ancient wisdom with modern science. That's what I'm all about. It's like, you know, where, where can we pull from the ancients? Where can we take this wisdom? And then not to hate on everything that also all the blessings we have in this modern world, you know, like what can we do to work together? What can we do to mesh the two? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm always doing to look to improve my life is like, what can I, you know, the, the tried and true versus like, can some, maybe some of these new tools and things, you know, help me incorporate all this. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, where can people find you? Yeah. So on Instagram is probably the best max dot Duran, M A X dot D O R O N. And then our business page is at entreperform E N T R E perform P R F O R M. So, you know, you can reach me there. Um, pretty much, you know, any other social media, but that's the one I'm, I'm most active on IG. Perfect. And I'm going to link that in the show notes. Thank Sick. you so much, man, for coming on the podcast, for bringing the heat and the value, um, and in doing some work beforehand to really offer just so many good takeaways and insights and tactics for those listening to this episode. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. And it was, this was a blast. I hope people uh, can get some value out of it. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we will run it back in some form for sure. Sick. All right. Love you, bro. Love you. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to this episode with Max. If you found any value in it, please share it with a friend and like and subscribe on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. And yeah, I really appreciate all the love that y'all have shared with me, um, through this podcast journey and 
and the conversations that I've created. It's an honor. I love sharing this and dropping into these conversations. It's just such a gift, the way it's transforming, the way I perceive myself, the way I'm able to articulate myself, the people in my life just keep expanding. And I definitely know that the podcast has had a really big piece of that journey. So thank you for listening. I love you. And I'll have an episode out in a few weeks. Much love. Peace.